Absolute Bedlam podcast. Is that any better? It was a really bad start. Now I can hear you again. Okay, we'll go with it. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't uh, introduce you to the world of podcasting on a phone, and I'm not quite sure what will. <laughs> <laughs> so today, as we've probably already heard him talk, I might as well introduce him. So I've got Ken Lightfoot on the podcast with me today. So I've got some notes here, Ken. Apologies if I uh, butcher your description, but I'm just going to go for it. So personal trainer, ex-Prince's trust mentor slash teacher, and uh, just someone basically that I've kind of looked up to, um, not just because you're tall, <laughs> just you've kind of got a no-judgment sort of attitude when talking, which I think probably lends itself to the fact that you've done various jobs in the past that have required you to speak to the public yeah um i won't obviously go too much into specifics um but yeah just want to say hello and uh i hope it sounds all right yeah yeah sounds great yeah so um yeah so personal trainer um holistic lifestyle coach um also a hypnotherapist um as well as uh, mindful movement mindful move uh, mindfulness practitioner um and lots of other kind of well-being orientated practices that i've studied as well mm. so, yeah, i've been a busy boy yeah, yeah right. <laughs> so uh the last time i actually met you face to face i think it was probably about four years ago and it was in Lidl in dorchester <laughs> and you weren't in your uh, usual work outfit let's say and i was like you're right and he's like yeah yeah i've become a personal trainer yeah and i was like oh all right okay that's quite interesting because um i thought you were gonna sort of stick at your your job especially the prince's trust like i felt that i think if i'm right in thinking you were kind of like a teaching assistant for that yeah i was yeah assistant team leader yeah i felt that if you like wanted to do that again you could probably do what jenny did Hmm. Um, and I thought you were like really sort of good at that and a- able to sort of listen to anyone at any age, any sort of stage of their life and all that sort of stuff. Well, that's but, nice yeah. to hear. Thank you very yeah. much. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I, I would have I would have done it again, but um, funding yeah. for that was kind of cut for the organisation yeah. that I was working okay. for. And um, so it wasn't really a possibility, but I really did did love being a part of it. It was very rewarding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really good. Just um, quickly, we will go into this a little bit more, but just for people that aren't aware what the Prince of Trust did, it's, it's basically, um, it's like if you're a teenager slash sort of early 20-year-old and you don't really know what to do with your life, then it kind of just sort of steers you in the right direction. And it's um, sort of held by the police, the fire service, potentially, you know, the ambulance service and stuff like that. And it just sort of cultivates people and makes them think, you know, you probably better off more you know you're able to deal with your life as you want um it's only a three-month course but it kind of made me realize for example that i'm a bit of a leader and um it helped me sort of get out of bar work and you know retail because eventually that sort of stuff is okay but it's not permanent so um yeah it's really helped me with that yeah i think that uh you know i think that the programs really helped everybody on the course hasn't it the one that we did definitely i saw a, a massive uh, change in all of you that took part in yeah. the program really really good really boosted everybody's confidence and really kind of brought, yeah. brought brought out the best of you yeah yeah definitely we did a lot of fundraising we did a lot of um physical work 
We went to Dartmoor yeah. for two weeks. Yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, it was like straight away as well. So you really, yeah. kind of, if you don't get on with the people that you're with, then you're, you've got two and a half months of uh, apologizing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we'll go into that in a bit because um, I do want to mention that because I've not really mentioned that before. Mm. It's been a while, you know. But um, yeah, I do want to go into that because it did sort of enlighten me, I suppose. But um, let's just quickly address the elephant in the room that is COVID-19. So mm-hmm. how has that been for you? Um, well, I suppose, yeah. well, it's, it's impacted everybody, hasn't it, really? Um, you know, things that I would normally be able to do, like go to clubs or climbing and things like that, I've not been able to do. It's impacted on me seeing my family, um, especially my kids, because at the beginning, because my kids kind of live between two households, um i I didn't see them for three months to start with so that was you know that was a bit of a challenge um yeah but yeah it's you know i think it's just i think the the good thing that's come out of it though is that people are looking at their health and addressing their health i think which is which is a bonus yeah so um sometimes people need a bit of a shock don't they to kind of look at where they're at health wise and think you know okay maybe i need to address this and i think you know, we've always got to try and look on the positives of things. And it's not been the easiest thing to get through for anybody, not at all. No. Um, and I think majorly probably affected people's uh, mental well-being more than anything else. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, we've got, to, you know, we've got to just stay positive and just look at how we can make the best of the situation and, and yeah. move through it, really. Yeah, I think we've all had to adapt. Um, I'm working from home quite a lot at the moment. Mm. Um, I do have the choice to go on site. <clears throat> sometimes I take it. Uh, sometimes I'd rather just, you know, long, long story short, I won't go into it too much, but um, I've basically had to turn my front room into my office, <clears throat> which when you live with someone like a girlfriend is quite difficult. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not really like my router, for example, isn't really built for the stuff that I do IT wise. Yeah. It struggles. Yeah. <laughs> I go on site and something loads in 30 seconds, whereas here it loads in like seven minutes. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's been a bit of a juggling act for loads of people with kids as well, isn't it? Especially if yeah. you've got like video calls, conference calls and stuff you've got to make. And then you've got like four year olds running around in the background or something. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. made everybody's life a bit, being, a bit interesting. Being a bit more positive, though, it has given people like another side to people, if that makes sense. That like, it's not just work, work, work. Mm. It's like, the Amazon drivers at the door. I just need to quickly get the door, guys, and they'll be like, "Oh, what did you get? Like, oh, what did Hermes throw over your fence? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that sort of thing." And it actually creates conversation rather than it just being, you know, someone's yeah. chasing your ticket up or someone's trying to, you know. And we've got like virtual meetings and stuff rather than you know physically having to walk to a meeting and sort of not try and fall asleep and all that sort of stuff. Mm. But yeah, it's been. Yeah, it's been different. I don't think, um, like my son, for example, he doesn't really understand that he can't potentially see people. Mm. Um, you've kind of just got to explain that it's kind of like a really weird one-off. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things, isn't it? I'm sure it will be over soon. Yeah. I'm sure. I'll get yeah, I mean, yeah, my my three-year-old daughter, you know, she doesn't really understand why yeah. she can't see grandma or nanny. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a, it's a difficult one, isn't it? So we try to do video calls and things like that, so at least she can still see them, you know. Yeah. 
but yeah, just a bit, just a bit tricky at the moment. Yeah, it's not the same, but it's it's the best we can do at the moment. Mm, yeah. So um, I just quickly wanted to just go back into the Prince's Trust thing, yep. um, and then I'll get onto the personal trainer thing if that's all right. Yeah, yeah, you go for it. Um, so yeah, I kind of I got into a bit of a rut with myself. I think if I remember correctly, I did the Prince's Trust when I was about twenty, um, and I kind of realized that there's a lot more out there than just retail and bar work um you know potentially going in one day and your hours get cut to from 42 hours a week to eight hours a week Mm. there was no stability obviously living in a seaside town like weymouth you know you get six months of absolute chaos and then you get six months of there's literally no one around like at the moment um so yeah it kind of the whole thing enabled me to sort of take matters into my own hands and control my own life um, and I do think it was like a really good three months, really. Um, and it helped me get my apprenticeship in IT. And uh, I've never really looked back. I'm still in IT now and I've been doing it nearly a decade. So, mm. uh, yeah, it's a really, really good opportunity. Yeah, it's really good. And yeah. I think it, you know, it, it helped everybody, but it was also really good fun. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of my first, other than martial arts, teaching martial arts and stuff, that was my first kind of... Yeah. opportunity to kind of have a bit of a classroom environment and teach as well because we had spent quite yeah. a few times like in the classroom as it were didn't we to get certification and stuff at the end yeah. um, as well as all the outdoor stuff but yeah I, I really enjoyed it I thought it was really really good and a really you know really beneficial thing for anybody to do that's kind of not sure what they want to do with their life at the moment or yeah. um, just kind of get some get a bit of a boost you know confidence boost and uh, some kind yeah. of direction I think it's really good to do yeah, it's a good opportunity to make friends as well. Like some of the characters that we had on our course were uh, quite unique. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I still speak to some of them now, and uh, yeah, they've um, they've done quite well, really. The majority of people, you know, really enjoyed it and had a good time. Yeah, no, it's so, great. That's yeah, really. Good. Um, so we'll get into your personal training. Mm-hmm. Uh, just before that, um, I just want to do a quick announcement that a we've hit seven hundred listens on all of my episodes as a whole collective and considering i've only been doing this since october i think that's actually yeah. mental that's really good yeah thank you for everyone that's listened even if you've listened for 30 seconds it's still a listen i'll have it whatever um but yeah it's just me chatting to someone basically and if people i think people miss that now at the moment there's obviously a, a market for people t- chatting to each other even if it is over something like anchor and stuff like that mm but yeah it's it's doing really well and i hope that it continues to do really well and because it's done really well i've actually managed to get a sponsorship Brilliant. which is meant like it's just not expected of me at all to do that so i messaged someone um after scott biles's podcast who was another personal trainer mm-hmm. company called from uh, lynch lane in weymouth right uh, they said it won't be like a paid sponsorship or anything like that but um you know we want to give you some stuff we want to sort of send it your way and we want you to sort of test it and let us know what you think mm. so the company's grind which is g-r-n-d right. um, they make really high performance sportswear and really nice looking um sort of fitness uh crossfit stuff like that right. yeah i'll um put the website in the description of this podcast when it's all up and running Currently, they've got a 25, sorry, not 25, 35% sale off for the whole of January with the code JAN21SALES, which is J-A-N for Norman, 21SALES. 
So if you put that in at checkout, you'll get 35% off. And I, I think, to be honest, it's, it's worth a punt, really. Mm. If, if you don't enjoy it, then by all means, message me and tell me. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks really good. And I'm really interested and uh, excited to get it and try it out for myself because I'm jogging four days a week at the moment. So awesome. Put it for its paces. Mm. So just off the back of that, uh, personal training. So what made you want to do that? Oh, this is a long story. So um, I, I started off with personal training, but um, I've evolved. Um, and I, I'm actually a health and well-being coach more than anything else now. Um, yeah. So I suppose my my story really started with fitness and stuff when I was about 18. Um, yeah. And I got into martial arts. I love martial arts. And um, so I started training very hard, um, got into a lot of kind of well-being based stuff when I was training in that as well yeah. um, uh, and then my whole idea of what it means to be healthy changed in 2012 actually very shortly after we did the Prince's Trust yeah um, because I had a motorcycle accident uh, oh, okay. and um, you know I was bashed up pretty bad um, and couldn't really walk properly or anything for a little while um, took quite a while to get over that and, you know, had injuries that affected a lot of my muscular um, musculature of my back. Yeah. Um, and then shortly after that, I um, had a family breakdown. So me and my wife split up and stuff, kids kind of in between two mm. houses. And then yeah. I ended up being quite ill. Um, and because my mum also was um, ill, very ill at the time. And was basically I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome, which is ME. So yeah, um, was really ill for a number of months. Um, literally getting up from from the bed I was lying in, I was bedridden for two weeks, and then getting up from the bed just to walk to the ensuite. My legs would be shaking like I'd run a marathon, and yeah, I really you know, it, and for anybody that suffers with chronic fatigue or ME, you know, they understand that it doesn't just affect your body. It, massively affect you emotionally mentally as well um so i was in a bit of a crap place um yeah but you know i, I me being me really decided this isn't I, i'm not accepting this yeah, yeah um so i started studying lots of different things which is you know when i started getting involved in mindfulness um taoist practices um which is kind of ancient chinese stuff um yeah, yeah so also did um, energy therapies and then moved on to then um, some other well-being um, practices which led me to be able to coach myself out of chronic fatigue. So I'm, I'm without chronic fatigue now, yeah. um, which is quite a rare thing to hear. Most people mm. suffer with it for a very long time, if not, you know, the rest of their life. Yeah. Um, anyway, so this complete, so I've really reshaped my idea idea of what being healthy was and then getting into the deeper subjects with mm. the kind of more kind of meditation and things like that um yeah. i started training in more and more of that kind of stuff and then i decided that i wanted to become a personal trainer so i trained in personal training which then led me onto a more holistic lifestyle coaching style business uh, i've yeah. trained on two different levels of that as well and then 
I've got a bit of a fascination with the mind and things like that as well. So decided to train in hypnotherapy as well. So I definitely have like a bit of an all encompassing view of what health is and how to attain it. So, yeah, yeah. um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of what I got into. Um, And that's why it's completely steered me in a different way. Um, Because, you know, you can be fit, but doesn't mean you're healthy. And there's, you know, there's a lot of, athletes that are very very fit but they're actually quite unhealthy um, which is quite surprising to a lot of people because they might be muscular muscular and you know look the part but actually their gut health might be terrible you know they might be suffering with all kinds of um, problems and you just can't see that but they are and it's not really until you address those issues that their health is going to improve and then their their performance is going to skyrocket yeah um, okay so yeah, so yeah, so I'm really more of a health and, and well-being practitioner, really, to, yeah. for holistic health. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, do you think that, like, if you're training for an event, say, you know, an Olympic event of some description or something like mm-hmm. that, do you think that you become like addicted to the thing, like weightlifting or, um, you know, running 400 meters or doing a relay? you know stuff like that yeah i think if you if you're a professional you know you've got a team around you that are going to drive you forward and you do need yeah. that drive definitely yeah. um but yeah you have to have a passion for it because if the passion's not there yeah. you're not you're not going to have the drive to to succeed you know you've got to have that will yeah. to win and uh, so it really yeah, yeah, does need to be a passion that you you're going to put those hours in because if you don't you know these people don't reach the level that they need to to be able to compete yeah yeah um just on that as well the whole mind thing mm-hmm. what what happens if you win a gold medal what what happens after that because i think a lot of people think that they've reached their goal they've got to the top of the hill mm-hmm. and they don't really know what to do after that and that can be quite frustrating i imagine yeah i suppose you know it comes to goal setting that you know once you've attained one goal then you set the next goal and then you have the stages yeah. in between to reach that goal. So it's just about being able to, you know, set set goals that are attainable. But, it, you know, but you've yeah. got that. But also a goal, a goal needs to be big enough for it to be kind of scary at the same time. If there's no fear in that of achieving that goal, then the goal is probably too small. So yeah. that's why you set the big goal, you know, the dream. And then you have the yeah, smaller yeah, yeah. goals to, to get there. And each one's lucky, though. Just that, that, yeah. that push on to the next one yeah so you've got the sort of destination and you've got the milestones yeah. that help you yeah, absolutely. visualize the, the light yeah sort of yeah thing. yeah absolutely yeah yeah because i think um not to obviously derail this too much but i listened to a podcast recently on joe rogan uh, i think it was kevin hart's second podcast and i think kevin hart is literally like one of my idols <laughs> i absolutely love him not not just because he's funny because he's very, very, very intelligent and he knows exactly what he's yeah. doing. And he's got like seven different businesses, probably 10 revenue streams of you know income all coming into mm-hmm. him. And it's not just like right now, obviously, comedians are really struggling because they can't really perform. Um, but anyway, with Kevin Hart, he had a car crash, I think. So you're talking about your motorbike yeah, yeah. accident. And if he wasn't already fit, then he would have been paralyzed from the waist yeah. down. So I think like the whole mind and the whole body thing, it's just about being prepared, really, isn't it? Because 
you don't know if you're going to have a car crash. You don't know if you're going to have a bike crash. You don't know if you're going to slip on some ice. Mm. It's all about sort of resilience and just in case, I suppose, yeah. as a kind of policy. Yeah, it's almost like being in a state of readiness for whatever might come. Um, yeah. And we, you know, we all have ups and downs in life, definitely. But we want to kind of have um, some level yeah. that we can maintain just to kind of get us through things um yeah but yeah exactly i mean i i think because i was i was physically fit when i had the motorcycle accident through martial arts training for a number of years that when the ambulance crew arrived they were quite surprised that you know how i was because they said they honestly thought they'd be picking bone out of the road which was a bit of a scary thing to hear when you've just you know been hit by a car but um yeah i was wearing all of my bike gear so i think that was one of the main things that you know that saved me really yeah definitely but um yeah but yeah, yeah absolutely do you still go on your bike now um i've sold my bike i did i did get on the bike as quick as i could after after i'd recovered because i didn't yeah. want that fear holding me back so yeah. i did carry on riding That's... for probably another two to three years um but it was yeah. really more practicality i've got kids to run around so you know yeah. i needed a car <laughs> so that's the reason why yeah. really yeah i i sometimes experience not on the level of like crashing but someone cuts me up on a dual carriageway or something like that um i get quite sort of nervous and i kind of feel like it's the first day i've ever been driving mm. again and i think the quicker you get out of that sort of maybe i'm not a very good driver like i've i've been told the same thing with skydiving as well which you could literally pay me like a billion quid and I would <laughs> never, ever go skydiving because I'm absolutely terrified yeah. of heights. Like, my girlfriend, like, pissed herself laughing the first time we got on a plane and I didn't kind of tell her that I was scared of heights. Mm. So, like, the, the engine started going and I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> and she's like, oh, my God, this is really funny. And I'm like, is it? Is it really funny, is it? Great. Um, but, yeah, it's um, with skydiving, I think... A lot of the times, the um, the first parachute not not a lot of the time actually. The first parachute sometimes fails, mm. um, and then the second parachute kicks in, which is a reserve yeah. chute. And apparently, if that happens, the best thing you can do is to get straight back up in the sky and do it again, mm. because that sense of doubt starts growing inside yeah, yeah. you. It's a bit like it's a bit like that. Um, I suppose it's like that abseiling we did yeah. when we did the Prince yeah. of Trust. That was scary. That was the first time I'd done like a proper big yeah. abseil. And we were doing it off a viaduct, weren't we? So it was literally yeah, okay. going from on, on the viaduct and then just hanging underneath one of that huge arches. Yeah. Yeah. I would have done it. Like I 100% would have done it. But it was that first bit where you had to climb over yeah, the fence. Know, yeah. It wasn't enough just to lean over the edge. You had to climb over a fence, which felt safe the other yeah. side. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I really, really wanted to go rock climbing, but I actually thought that I caught hypothermia. Well, it was about minus five or something. So windy. I remember, I remember yeah. the guy that was there doing doing running the climbing section yeah. was said, said that it's about minus five, but it's probably minus fifteen to minus twenty wind chill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, oh. yeah. it was really cold. Yeah, that was a weird moment because I got into the minibus, and uh, I think it was Joe put the heating on. Mm. And there was someone else in the minibus called Bev, who was one of the mm. students, and she had a fever. So we're like sat on opposite ends of this bus and we're both going through a complete polar opposite of each other. Like I'm freezing cold. I actually feel like my organs are about to freeze. And she's like basically on fire. And I was just, 
I wish we could kind of, I wish you could meet in the middle at this point, mm. you know. But yeah, I really, really wanted to do rock climbing because I didn't do abseiling, but that day was just not not mine. So I just had to sort of accept it and move on, mm. I suppose. But yeah, I really enjoyed Dartmoor. It was really yeah. good. There was a point where like we all had to sort of navigate the minibus as well, which was <laughs> quite cool. It was a bit mental, but <laughs> we got there. Um, we're just um, approaching the 30 minute mark. So what I'll do is I'll re-add you yep. to this. Um, the next couple of questions, just quickly, so you've got some preparedness. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to talk about nutrition <laughs> because that's something that I really struggle yeah. with. Um, and I want to sort of promote your services and uh, find out how people can get in touch with you. And obviously, if you've heard any of this before, guys, I'm going to ask Ken what his favourite meal is. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's the only reason people listen to any of this. <laughs> so we'll be right back, guys. Right, Cheers. Right. So we were talking about nutrition briefly on the but it didn't sound very good. Okay. So on the uh, list of qualifications that you've got, you mentioned like mindfulness and wellness and coaching mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Are you a nutritionist? Um, well, as part of the holistic coaching and the um, personal training, it covered nutrition. So, yeah. um, yeah i do i do cover i wouldn't say i'm a, a nutritionist but yeah I, I do have a nutrition kind of qualification with it all yeah okay yeah cool so what best practice advice do you typically give people that want to go for a bit of a transformation and get on it okay so um the view that i have is probably quite different to a lot of people so yeah. no one diet fits any group of people so each person's genetic makeup is different which means that their nutritional needs are different as well yeah so the system that i work with um is uh, basically um kind of like working out your primal diet types um okay. and so do you want me to go into that a little bit and explain yeah, how that definitely. Works? yeah, yeah definitely. okay so you've got three you've got three types You've got your polar type, which are a high fat and high protein um, type of person. Yeah. Um, you've got your equatorial type, which is a higher carbohydrate, carbohydrate type of person um, yeah. with lower amounts of uh, protein and fats. And then you've got a variable type, which is somewhere in the middle, but they kind of flux up and down in between the two, depending on what's going on in their life and things like that. Uh, okay. Yeah. So the reason that they're called these things is because um, they've looked at uh, people when they've, they've basically looked at the way they eat and what the, their cells need different types of food. So if you were basically, let me go into detail with the polar type. Yeah, so, yeah. so looking at the polar type, the reason that people need higher fats and higher meats is because somewhere along their ancestry, their ancestors have lived in, say, the northern hemisphere, where it's a cold climate for a lot of the time of the year. Yeah. Which means that um, the vegetation gets frozen a lot of the time. So there's not as much vegetation to have eaten in those days. A lot of the time hunting big game such as deer or, say, buffalo if it was in um, America um and things like that so they would have eaten a high protein high fat diet a lot of the time yeah whereas the equatorial types they would have been more kind of you know along the equator level where it's pretty much summer all year round so they they would have lived in kind of jungles and 
rainforests and you know hot climates where they there's a lot of vegetation a lot of the time yes so there would have been smaller game they probably would have hunted um and they would have eaten a lot more vegetables and a lot more fruit which is why their cell their cells now because you've evolved from those people those cells now require those kind of nutrients to be able to flourish yeah okay so that's kind of the the two the two polar opposites, and then you've got the variable type, which kind of floats somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Um, so, okay. yeah. Fair enough. So that's yeah. the system. That's the system that I work from, and yeah. you know, there's there's a questionnaire and a certain questions that you can ask to try and work out, you know, what type you are, yeah. and then from there you can adjust your nutritional needs to to match that. That's really interesting, actually. Yeah. yeah. If you're going to get like a personal trainer or someone that's going to sort of uh, peek into your life, you know, what's it called? What's and all sort of thing. Mm. And I think the only way to really give advice is to actually, you know, have a questionnaire or a survey or something that can target you to a specific thing. Mm. Um, there's quite a lot of sort of personality matrix things online. Yeah, yeah some of the questions are so vague that you could, they could say anything at the end of it and you'd be like, yeah, that's me. Yeah. But, like star signs sort of thing, you know? Um, so the fact that you're sort of doing that as a market research straight off the bat is a really good way of doing it. I reckon mm. because you're putting people into them into sort of one category or 48 categories. So um, yeah, that'll probably give people the best, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the idea is that you, you know, you categorize what kind of level they are. Everybody's going to be kind of fluctuating. Some people might be in the middle of two of them somehow. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you find out what, what the base type is that they are. And then you can then adjust it dependent on how they feel in certain eating certain amounts of foods. And then you can yeah. kind of up one and lower the other. And then until they find what feeds them the best, how they how they when they feel good, when they're not feeling bloated, you know, when, when they feel like they've got energy throughout the day yeah so yeah. after that what what happens after that uh what with regards to the nutrition yeah once they've sort of been categorized and they've agreed with your sort of description i suppose yeah yeah so it's basically just kind of eating in line with with the diet types with yeah. those things um and then normally what will happen um without really kind of you know you, i i don't really agree with diets as in dieting yeah um but instead of you know, dieting like most people do, and then you're not giving your body the nutrients it needs, so actually it starts storing, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. storing, and then you end up gaining weight, and then you, so you'll lose weight, but then gain it straight away when you start eating normally again, as such. Yeah. Um, this is a case of just eating in line with your diet type, and your body will start to sort itself out because by eating in line with your diet type, your body yeah. is actually gaining the nutrients that it needs. Yeah. And so because of that, your body starts to change shape. So that's that's the way I look at it. I don't look at it as losing weight. I look at it as shape change. Yeah. And that's what you want, because you want to see the body changing shape into, you know, the way you should you should be looking. If you're feeling like you're overweight and you want to lose a bit of weight. Yeah. Um, don't worry about the weight loss. Look yeah. at the, the shape of the body changing. Mm. Yeah, because actually, okay. you know, a lot and a lot of people might say, well, you know, um I, i'm not living in the environment that my ancestors did but it's important yeah. to understand 
that the human genome takes um, 100,000 years to change one half of 1%. Oh, my God. So, so yeah, so yeah, wow. we, 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 from that point of view, we really do need to be eating in line with what our ancestors did to, to have yeah. optimum health. Yeah. That's really interesting, actually. Oh, that's a really good answer. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what do you but, think? Uh, just, just sorry, just, just yeah, quickly yeah, yeah. as well. The, the other, the other massive thing with nutrition is gut health. Yeah, it's yeah. really, really important to have a healthy gut, okay. and so many people just don't. So basically, you mm. know, um, the bacterial um, amount that you should have, you should have eighty-five percent good bacteria, fifteen percent not. Okay, that's 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 kind of like the percentage that you would be looking at for really good health. Unfortunately, yeah. most of the population are the other way around. Yeah. Um, because of modern way of eating, you know, we're not eating in line with our, you know, our diet types. We're eating yeah. a lot of fast food. We're eating sugars, constantly yeah. having caffeine. There's a lot of high stress nowadays. Yeah. We're definitely. not getting enough sleep, mm. overstimulation, you know, all those kinds of things, Al alcohol, um, all of the antibiotics we've probably had over time as well. Yeah. Yeah. Basically in mm. medications and such. It basically all damages our gut. All right. um, and then once you start getting issues with the gut, uh, that starts causing problems in areas of the body you wouldn't believe, you know, because yeah. um, the gut actually impacts virtually every system of the human body. Okay. And so that's why having a healthy gut um, is so, so important to, to being healthy in general. Yeah. And the most amazing <laughs> the most amazing fact is that we are only 10% human so only 10% of who we are is is uh, um human dna that's just 10% yeah. the other 90% is bacteria fungus and microflora okay and like there's a and the vast like majority of life from that resides in the gut and so oh, it's right. really really important that we feed and, and flourish you know, from from eating right and and feeding the foods that are going to nurture our gut health. Yeah. So if if you do have just off the back of that, if you do have bad gut health, uh -huh. a how do you find out, and b how do you get it sorted? Okay. Well, it's there's there's signs really. So yeah. if, for instance, um, you have an upset stomach quite a lot, or you get a lot of bloating, um, yeah. particularly after eating you're feeling lethargic yeah. you know tired all of the time yeah um you're quite prone to feeling stressed a lot of the time these are all signs mm. that these are all yeah. signs that your, your gut health isn't great okay um so um your moods are up and down that's another one moods going up and down you can get yeah. aches and pains the thing is there's like i said it because it impacts virtually every system in the human body yeah, yeah. it means that you know addressing your gut health generally addresses a lot of the issues that people have yeah um and so mm. yeah but there, there's some of the signs like bloating feeling uncomfortable not sleeping um your moods up and down you might have um bad skin as well you might have like um rashes appearing a lot of the time or maybe dry flaky skin irritable that's another yeah. sign because a lot of the time when people have bad skin it's a reflection of what's going on inside the body yeah uh and so by addressing you know the internal you actually address the external so the skin clears up because you're yeah. addressing gut health yeah sounds like a bit of a silver bullet really if you've uh nailed that then everything else should kind of fall in place by the sounds of it yeah i think to be honest it's the it's the quickest 
uh, way of addressing most health issues that I've found so far. Um, yeah. You know, that, you know, there's there's a there's a program that I do a 21 day program where yeah. within those within just three weeks, you know, me and some other people that I work with are seeing the most amazing results where people have had back pain for 10 years. Suddenly the back pain's gone. You know, they, they get, they've had bloating, um, reflux. They've had joint pain for years and on medication. They've had low, low mood and energy. They can't go for walks. Suddenly, you know, they've stopped taking their medication. Blood pressure's dropped. They're going for five-mile walks every day. You know, it just, it sounds like, you know, on the miraculous, yeah. really. But um, it just goes to show how important gut health is. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Sounds uh, interesting. I've definitely uh, researched that mm. for this. Yeah, absolutely. That a lesson. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the, the answer of that question, really. So the next question I had was if people are interested in that and they're interested in your sort of 21-day programs or whatever you sort of provide as a service, yeah. how do they get in touch with you or people that you work with? Yeah, so um, you can get in touch with me. Just send me an email um, at hello yep. at kenlightfoot.com. Okay. Um, I'm also on Facebook, Ken Lightfoot Coaching, yeah. on Facebook and on Instagram. Um, I've also got a um, Facebook page for 21-day gut health kickstart with Ken. Yeah. Um, so um, that's, that's just open for anybody to have a look at. You can see some of the results that are happening. Um, yeah. And I, I pop in a few little bits and bobs in there about gut health. Um, so you can get an overview of all of the different areas of um, your body that it impacts, um, as yeah. well as there's a few articles recently that have been on the news that are saying, you know, how do we address all of the stress and things like that, that we're living in nowadays. And number one on the list was um, address your gut health. So that was a good yeah. boost, you know, a good boost for me to get on my page as yeah. well. <laughs> nice reinforcement for yeah you. exactly yeah it's nice to see Not people are catching her. up with it now yeah 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 that's cool yeah i've seen you on your facebook group you seem quite active yeah um, yeah 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 i think i messaged you on facebook a couple of months ago saying do you fancy uh doing this obviously i hadn't really started doing it properly but i needed to get some guests in line yeah and it took you about four days to get back to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i'm a very good now... person i do apologize yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's minutes rather than days, which is good. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think nowadays, if you're not online, then you're trying to go like self-employed, and you're trying to sort of you're fighting the tide a bit, aren't you? Yeah, so it's, it's yeah. pretty important now. Yeah, it's it's you know yeah. I think that if you getting online is is the key really. Yeah, uh, and that's kind of how I'm doing my gut health program. So yeah. you know I, we can con get, get, have a video call or. Um, telephone yeah. call chat you through it and then I send you all the details with the diets that you need to the diet that you need to eat by so that it you know um, helps your gut flourish as well as all of the other stuff that comes with the program and yeah um, I mean it's, it's so important though because you know 70% um, of your immune system is in the gut as well yeah so you know people are very worried at the moment about COVID and stuff well yeah. if 70% of your immune system is in the gut then address the gut because that's going to get you through um, yeah. most issues that you come across as long as you've got a healthy gut um, yeah. as well as I think it's some an incredible percentage of like 90 to 95 percent of serotonin is manufactured in the gut um, oh, okay. and yeah. serotonin is really important for like mood how happy you're feeling um, your well-being yeah. sleep 
how how well you're sleeping sleep is incredibly important um yeah. and like how well you digest your food and things like that so 95 percent that's that's an incredible number yeah, um is, yeah. yeah so yeah very very important yeah definitely just on um sleep mm. what would you say to people that don't get that eight hours i'm assuming eight hours is the recommended and it's not just something that's kind of become yeah i think fit. generally it people do vary again and you've got to kind of find yeah. what you feel best on but yeah i think generally it's somewhere between seven to nine hours really most people yeah. need yeah because with like sleeping i really struggle to sleep in silence mm-hmm. i i need something in the background like i used to turn a fan on not because it was hot in the room or anything just as it was something to yeah. doze off to yeah 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 a lot of people I know listen to like music when they fall asleep. They probably listen to this. Let's be honest. <laughs> That's how I've not. got 699 of a listen. <laughs> hopefully not. <laughs> but um, yeah, a lot of people I know need sort of a bit of light stimulation to allow them to sort of uh, nod off because yeah. they've always got stuff on their mind nowadays. Everything's on all the time, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you've got that blue light thing in the phone as well where you know yeah. if you're staring at your phone all day it's going to damage your eyes and mm-hmm. that sort of stuff keeps you alert yeah but yeah what's what's your sort of before you go to sleep do you sort of turn your phone off stuff yeah like I, that? I mean i try to I've, I've got a good pair of um anti-blue light glasses yeah um i think they actually cut out 100 percent of blue and green light i think the ones i've got all right um yeah so i've got a really good pair i invested in flown over from australia um and so i wear those from around six but somewhere between six and seven at night yeah um Mm. just because it cuts out all the blue light you you can instantly literally as soon as i put the glasses on i instantly feel my eyes starting to relax yeah yeah, so that's one thing that i do i try to turn down the lights or just have like little lights on so that you know you're starting to get into that that state of the lights um, is it almost simulating basically a sun going down basically. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if I'm watching TV and things like that, I'll wear my, uh, my blue light glasses um, have, yeah. have chamomile tea is another good one. Yeah. Um, and just kind of go up to bed and just have a bit of time before. Yeah. Try not to look at any device for at yeah. least an hour before you go to bed. If you can, if you can yeah. Um, yeah. and just kind of just have something that chills you out before. I mean, I for me personally, I actually um, also listen to my own hypnotherapy scripts quite often as well for sleep, just because it ten- yeah. it tends to just send me off really quickly because you just you just mm-hmm. go into this really deep state and then you're just asleep. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that would be my advice. So from around about six o'clock, you want to be thinking about starting to mm-hmm. dim the lights or have a nice little lamp on. You know, like you get those um, salt lamps. Yeah, 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 we've yeah. got one of those. We've got a really big one of those in our lounge. In our lounge, so um, yeah. we tend to turn that on because it's like a really nice, just orange type glow that goes through the lounge. Yeah. Then, and then just turn yeah, off yeah. a lot of the other lights. So that's quite a nice chilled out thing to have. And I quite often have like a chamomile tea or something in the evening. So yeah. that and the glasses, it's it's a winner. <laughs> I've got to admit, this is going to make me sound like a white dweeb, but sod it, whatever. IKEA. Every time I go into IKEA, I'm like, wow, the lighting in here like the actual lighting that's on sale, not the lighting that's in Ikea. Mm. I think, wow, I really need to get some of this because it really does, like, as soon as you get in, like, from work or whatever, you get in and you turn your lights on. And unless they're, like, LED lights, 
they're if they're standard bulbs, mm. then they're going to blind you like the second you walk through the door, basically. Yeah. And um, I think in the bedroom as well, like I've been told by quite a lot of people that are like lifestyle coaches and stuff that the bedroom is like the most important place to have like no noise mm. in terms of stuff and clutter, yeah, and chaos and dirty laundry and you know I, I always. I try, I don't always, but I try to make my bed every single day Mm. because apparently that like really puts you into a good mindset of I'm going to achieve something today. Yeah. But yeah, your bedroom should be like completely, it should be like a sanctuary sort of thing. Yeah. You go in like, I know people that eat in their bed, (laughs) you know, and like, that's not right. Surely that's going to mess your head up, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's exactly. It's that kind of association thing where, if you're associating being in your bedroom with some kind of stimulation, you know, if you're, yeah. you're playing your computer games or whatever in there, or you know, yeah, constantly yeah. watching movies, and then it, you, your brain yeah. kind of associates it with that a little bit more as well. Whereas if you know that that's the place you go to sleep, um, yeah, then to wind yeah, you tend to kind of chill out as soon as you kind of go in there because your body's just preparing yeah. for it straight away. Yeah. Do you um do you use any sort of candles or anything like that? any sort of therapeutic wax melts or I don't know, anything like that? Or does that not really help you personally? Yeah, um, you can do. Or also um, diffusing some essential oils as well. Um, you yeah. can get like a lavender essential oil. And if you just buy one of those diffusers yeah. where it, you know, it just comes out in vapor, yeah. um, they're, they're quite amazing, actually. They, they really do help yeah. sometimes with sleep. Um, so yeah, I, I do like the diffusers, definitely. Um, but yeah, my, yeah, actually, my partner makes candles so um so that's always a my, good um, one my partner makes wax melts oh really <laughs> <laughs> yeah shout out to uh made sure <laughs> that's that's her company it's a bit on the side really it's not a main priority but um she does really well actually yeah. she's only just learned how to make it all and it's all amazing yeah yeah she's just got that sort of natural talent of just grabbing everything with both hands and uh yeah, she'll cook meals that she's never cooked before. And I'm like, there's no way that this is the first attempt sort of thing, you know. Whereas I just, uh, I'm just relentless and I won't stop until it's right. Mm. But she's just got that knack of like understanding things first time and just nailing it. Mm. But yeah, we'll have to, uh, we'll have to promote each other's <laughs> ventures at some point. <laughs> but yeah, that's cool. So um, the uh, last question, mm-hmm. I'll try and in this uh within the 30 minute thing that we've got so meal deal <laughs> uh meal deal well this, I, you know you when you said that to yeah. me i'm going to ask you about your meal deal i thought well i yeah. don't really get many meal deals because i don't generally yeah. eat um sandwiches unless yeah, i can yeah. um kind of help it really but if i was mm. i reckon it'd have to be a marks and spencer's um oh, okay. roast chicken sandwich um probably with a bottle of water and some pineapple slices i reckon that would probably be what i go for yeah Yeah, that's cool and i'm quite picky with my pineapple slices as well i look for the ones that are darker in color so i know they're really juicy (laughs) okay yeah (laughs) something to take away because otherwise they're just dry how much are meal deals in Marks and Spencer's? Are they like 40 quid? <laughs> well, I think if you're going to get a sandwich, at least, you know, this isn't just yeah. a sandwich, you know, this is a Marks and Spencer's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, actually. I think they're about, it's probably about three quid for the sandwich, something like that. Okay. Yeah. 
yeah, the, the the one I always go to is Tesco's and it's three quid all in. Yeah. I think it's I think um, it's something like yeah. three fifty or four quid or something for the meal deal in um, yeah. Marks and Spencer's yeah. Actually, whilst we talk about meal deals, Asda have thrown down their gauntlet and they're gonna start doing meal deals. And that is very, very strange because a couple of weeks ago I called out Asda on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, they're one of the and now they're doing it. <laughs> so I'm not saying that it was me, guys, but let's let's put two and two together and figure out how, you know what I mean. But yeah, I'm looking forward to trying that. I'll probably give that a review. But yeah, I think the most expensive meal deals in the UK are Waitrose. I think they're five pound. Okay. But um, we don't really have a Waitrose nearby, do we? I think we've got one in Dorchester. Dorchester, yeah. They got two in Dorchester. They got one in Poundbury and in one in the town as well. Oh right, yeah. okay. I didn't know that. But yeah, I'm just glad that Iceland aren't doing meal deals because you'd have to go home and do it. <laughs> but yeah, um, is there anything else that you wanted to mention? Um, Any uh, questions for me or anything like that? Whatever you want. Um, not really. I mean, I just think it's just important for everybody at the moment, you know, with everything going on, is just just yeah. to take note of however you're feeling. That would kind of be what I the message I'd like to get across. Um yeah, just, yeah. just self-care is so important and if you're feeling a bit wobbly or yeah even with yeah. exercise as well if you're feeling tired don't overdo the exercise see how you're feeling day in yeah. day out and you know yeah, when, when yeah. more stressful times occur we need more self-care that's really important and so yeah they kind of have to meet, meet in parallel I yeah exactly because if you know the more stress you're under the more kind of care you need to take with yourself and um yeah. i think we you know most people need more self-love more love towards themselves yes um and that's kind of the, the biggest yeah. takeaway i think for that people need to um take away is just yeah. care for yourself and especially in the climate we're in at the moment i think you know there's so many things that are happening all at once you're not seeing your loved ones you're not able to go out and do your usual things and socialize you know yeah. and you've got everybody at home all trying to do the work and no kids at school it's just so just try and yeah. get that time find a time that's that's best for you um listen to some kind of meditation app or just do something if you're not really into meditation go for a walk in nature if you can that helps reset you um because actually yeah, you know definitely. walking under the canopy of trees and um and also breathing in um the tiny spores that that fall from the trees actually activates your rest digest and repair system of the human body um which is known okay. as the parasympathetic nervous system so it's putting yourself mm -hmm. into, you know, that rested state instead of being stressed. So even just going yeah. for a walk under trees and being amongst nature, just and taking, trying, trying to clear your mind. Don't, you know, try and come out of your head for a little bit. Notice the bird song, yeah. notice the wind through the trees, your feet on the earth. It does you the world of good. Yeah. So if you're not into meditation or any of that other stuff, just, just walking's really, really good for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think um, recently I've become like hyper aware of people saying how hard they are on themselves mm. to a point where I don't actually know anyone on planet Earth that isn't hard on themselves. Mm. And I think people are their own worst enemy sometimes and they're their own sort of criti critic. Yeah. And I think like, obviously, you know, I, I don't know as much as you can, but I think people just need to sort of stop being so hard on themselves. And it's very easy for me to say, I'm very, very hard on myself to the point that I don't really like relying on other mm. people. Um, 
so getting a guest based podcast was obviously a fantastic idea ben yeah. nice one well i'll tell you, um, but I'll tell you what but, yeah, though but just... that sorry i didn't mean to interrupt but we we've, yeah, no, cool. go, we've go, go. all got um like three people in our head right as it were not that we've got split personality or anything i'm just saying there's three there's you no know, there's three yeah. types that you've got the self-critic which is like the, the father or the parent that's overly critical of yourself right so you, this is what we tend to do yeah you know, oh, you're not good enough. You, what are you doing that for? You know, or oh, you idiot. You've done that wrong. So that's that's the critic, yeah. uh, which is the parent. Then we've got the child, and the child is the person yeah. that feels sorry for themselves a lot of the time and wants to kind of moan about things a lot of the time. And it's not fair, and that's the kind of child element yeah. of us. And then we've got the compassionate self, and the compassionate self is where we want to try and get to. That kind of is in between the two. And knows what's best yes. and is rational and, you know, can say, yeah, you didn't do it that well, but it's OK. You know, <laughs> you did your best yeah. or whatever, and you're not going to be really harsh on yourself. And this is this is a process I've gone through myself in my life, you know. So, yeah, um, so yeah. that I just, you know, sometimes that's good to know that we all have, you know, these three sides to us. A side that's really yeah, self-critical, definitely. and we call you know call that in in mindfulness, we call that the the parent mind, you know, being very critical. You got yeah. the child that is yeah. kind of like, almost like a wounded child inside that you know that fearful, oh I don't want to do this, and yeah. then you've got the compassionate self, and the aim is always to try and get yeah. to that compassionate self and just rationalize with yourself, um, and just give yourself that bit yeah. of self-love. Yeah, yeah. and it is you know that that is a yeah. practice. It doesn't come immediately. It's something that needs to be built on day after day after day. Just, just even with yeah. a bit of time out, it helps. Yeah, you're not going to build a, a house in a day, so you just got to take it one break. Yeah, time, absolutely, and just try and enjoy the journey the best you can. Yeah, because it's not about well, it's not always about the destination. Obviously, it's nice to reach the destination at some point, but uh, it's all about the journey, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. That's what we're all on. So um... I hear that so much like that's kind of the um the common sort of final thoughts on this podcast is uh just enjoy the trip and see where it takes you sort of thing yeah absolutely it's kind of it's yeah. being aware of of where you're going and making the most of it um and i really believe in a very heart-centered way of life that you know yeah. basically treat people how you wish to be treated and i believe that's what we're supposed to be moving towards anyway everybody you know that's our journey our journey is our journey home we're, we all know where we're going <laughs> so yeah. our journey home is kind of going moving back into a, a journey of the heart and living from a heart-based um center so that yeah a more complete self and that's yeah yeah Cool. What what a nice uh, what nice positive <laughs> note to end on. Yeah. <laughs> Thank no, you very no. much, Ken. Sorry about the uh, no, no difficulties, but we got yeah. the end. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and um, we'll get this up as soon as we can. And I hope you all have a fantastic week, and I hope that you all set goals and aren't too hard on yourselves. Yeah. Cheers, everyone. Take care. Bye.